Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman. And this is a conversation with Rob Mays. He is a musician, he is a record label owner, he is a, um, an, ar- an archivist, uh, 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 an audio producer, an engineer. Many things, and first and foremost, I think, is he put a, he's a music fan, and that's what we really had a conversation about. But um, he's a Kiwi, he lives in Japan. He was back over in New Zealand recently for the reformed Beat Rhythm Fashion Shows. That was a band from Wellington that really lit a fuse for Rob when he was... Uh, growing up in, in New Zealand and he recorded them in Christchurch um, and so he helped a reformed version of the band wrote some new songs for an album they've put out that's very good played in the band played bass and uh, and promoted that tour um, so I talked to him obviously a little bit about that but I wanted to get his story because Rob and I had never met but we know each other on Facebook Rob had ruffled a few feathers with some of the, um, you know, Creative New Zealand, New Zealand On Air people, um, writing a few letters and and open letters and essays about funding in New Zealand and his frustrations with that. And I think that's possibly how he and I came to know each other. Uh, I might have once upon a time ruffled some feathers there too, perhaps. Um, But yeah, we just know each other on Facebook. We, We had bonded over a lot of things like movie soundtracks, scores that we both like, lots of music that we like. And, um... I was eager to meet him and to get his story because what I knew about Rob, apart from the fact that he's got this uh, record label, Failsafe Recordings, where he puts out some of his archival releases, he's spent a big part of his life going to shows and capturing recordings of, of New Zealand bands, iconic New Zealand bands that at that time didn't have recordings out, or he has the early versions of them. He recorded some of our, our famous bands like The Chills before they'd actually released a record or, or when they only had their very early EPs out. And um, and then he's you know met, gone overseas, met some interesting people involved in the industry and just continued to work in the industry. So we have a big old chat about his, his kind of hobby as an archivist, his various... Um, roles in the music industry and, and and really about music fandom also some frustrations about how how it is to put a gig on in 2018-19 going into 2020 how you can do this thing and try and break even let alone make money so just a big old music chat this and I, I really enjoyed it so this is me talking with Rob Mays. You just walked through the door a, a wee bit ago and we've just met but we've we've had um plenty of conversation online over the last I don't know how long few years mostly about music mostly about music and and frustrations with music we're both music fans yeah I I, what I like talking to you about is not the frustrations of music but about the enjoyment of music the passion passion of music and you Mm. know and liking it so I think that's where I connect with you or where Mm. I feel I connect with you Mm. you uh, I think we both share a love of uh, soundtrack music yeah the new classical I guess kind of feeling we uh, lock on in on a couple of soundtracks that we love. So yeah, I guess yeah. That's what, you know. yeah. I was trying to work out how we. I mean, I was aware of um, some of what you'd done and been involved in, but I c- couldn't actually work out how we probably actually connected. Um, I probably read uh, your mentions of. I think one of them was Solaris. The, oh yeah, that soundtrack. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely adore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. I didn't know anyone else who'd, who'd even mentioned it right. before. I was like, yeah. dude, it's pretty good. And then yeah. the thing, I think I gave that to you. Yes, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, the thing soundtrack on yeah. vinyl. And there's been a, f- a few of them. It's like, so yeah. I, we, I don't like everything that you like, and you, yeah, yeah. You, you, you're not offended by that. And I don't know if you probably don't like everything I like, but, you know, we cross paths on a few musical yeah. things, and it's quite nice to 
probably not going to be chatting with my wife about my love of the Solaris soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. she, well, I'll put it on, she'd like it, but yeah, yeah. You know, why do we like it? What do we like mm. about it? You know, what sounds do we like about it? So you're a mu musician, uh, drummer, musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly a musician. Nearly a musician. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and it's it's. I enjoy thinking about music. I, I love music. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, that's who I am. Well, uh, man, you've done a lot with music as a as a player, as a fan, as a. I guess. Really, your legacy, if we were to talk about you having a legacy, would be as an archivist, don't you think? Um, or, you know, the yeah. label and and just as, a, as a, a person kind of capturing almost an alternative history of New Zealand in a way. Yeah, it's... it's um, um, I do collect things like a lot of people when I, I have some altruistic thing in my head that I'm doing uh, something that needs to be done but I don't, mm. I don't know that it does but you know <laughs> well I, I want to get think it does. I want to get to what drives you with that and yeah. and how 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 and why you fell into that and and why you're oh. continuing with it but but let's go right back and tell me I guess you know as a passionate music fan when when did you find music or when did music find you so live live music uh, I didn't really have anything till I was 15 or 16 and I went to see The Cure uh, my brother said oh The Cure are playing uh, I think we'd seen something it was 17 mm. seconds to five it was like it was really cheap to get in like five or six bucks to go to the town hall and see The Cure mm. and uh, so we went there and it absolutely was most exciting thing I'd seen in my life. It was a very, very good gig. And if you know anyone who went to the Christchurch 17 Seconds tour, they will say exactly the same. It, it was, it was a real big experience. So the next day, um, I got my boys high, Christchurch boys high trousers, and sewed them into post punky drain, drain pipes. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we started Radio U or RDU. I was playing and it had you know all the latest post-punky things so I was I wasn't quite there for the punk invasion but I was there for the post-punk one mm. so that was my introduction to music and it's still the slant that I like on my music um, and then there was uh, a guy uh, Scott Wilkinson who was in my class at school and he was the drummer for a band called Belondesai and I do remember distinctly cycling through Hagley Park and they were in a car and they yelled out hey come to our gig we're playing at the Gladstone with uh, Screaming Mimis and mm. um, and I went to that gig and I looked like I was 12 and I um, I was I was scared and the cops did come and <laughs> they put me out the back room and uh, I didn't go to jail you know for life or anything <laughs> like that nothing like that happened and and then from then I was hooked going to bands mm. so that was a really good start for me Screaming Mimis and Blondesai and shortly after um, a real key one was Beat Rhythm Fashion which is what I'm actually in Wellington mm. for at the moment and um, that's kind of where I got my uh, archivist thing going it's probably one of the first recordings I did it's like I love this and I can't buy this you know um, it was a, a, a band called the New Tones who were also like that I went to see a Sunday concert that they did in the afternoon at the town hall and they played this amazing song called uh, uh, well, it was like a instrumental um, called Four Ships and it's like damn it I'm going down to buy that on Monday yeah. and you couldn't buy it on Monday and they broke up soon after and it was gone forever and I could never have it uh, except I found a tape of it but <laughs> don't want to ruin the story but that's I only found it recently, mm. and um, 
and I just thought I was really wrong. You know, there's something mm. really bad about that. Mm. And so I had to, if I liked uh, band set, then I had to record it. And I didn't bootleg it. I I always talked to the bands and I always talked to the sound man, which is another leg of my mm. career. I became mm. a sound, sound person. And, you know, can, can we get, vocals are always a bit loud on these. Can you figure out you let's, let's put it through an auxiliary bus and turn the vocals down, the guitars up, we get a better balance. And so then I was working with the sound guys to do better recordings. And, and it was all just for me, you know, they, mm. I, I, I don't do bootlegs, I only do uh, official releases with the participation of the band or approval of the band. And um, so they let, most of them let me record because they trusted me and they became the only recordings of those bands, mm. which is appalling. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad that I did it. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. you kind of get lost in that. And, um, and I ended up doing it for almost 40 years and still not 40 years sorry um 35 years yeah i'm not that old <laughs> yeah done, done it for a long time so i've kind of maintained my it stopped me from growing up in a way yeah. um, i guess i don't know i'm interested in the idea that you you kind of wanted to capture the gig every mm. time because do you I mean, obviously you must have been to shows over the years that you didn't record and no one recorded and you mm. just attended the show. Um, don't you think there's something special in that, like just being in the moment at a gig as well? Yes, there is. Well, and I don't I feel like that's a, now. That's yeah, I just, as well. I just feel like that's a bit of must be a bit of an interesting tension that at some point at least in your life. Just the, be the audience, the, yeah. Just be in the moment and be the audience yeah. versus I've got a job to do, I'm here to record this or I want to record this. Well, it was never a job. No, It, it no. was always a hobby. and um, But I mean a job yeah. in the sense of... Yeah, your, no. your approach to it, I've got a job to do, a role to play. No, I always have the, I, I must capture this thing. Yeah. So that's, so I very really, it's interesting, you know, I'm the selfie iPhone <laughs> thing, you know, mm. all too busy taking photographs of your meal to enjoy the meal. Uh, mm. Possibly, yeah, but then I remember I get to enjoy it later because I've got a, yeah. I've got a permanent record yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I can't. I mean, once you hit record, you can walk away. You don't need to stand there. Sure. So, so I, I just. So you, you can know, have your experience. Yeah, I had the experience. And preserve it. And, yeah, and preserve it. So yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, um, I got to enjoy it as well. But if you're doing the mixing thing, that's that's interesting as well. So I progressed over to doing uh, the. So I, I get to have the music exactly how I want it. Mm. Well, you know, I think I listened to a bit more kick drum, turn <laughs> that up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. so so when do you discover music as a player? Like, when do you get involved yeah. in playing? Yeah, often I forget that I do play in bands. I've done <laughs> it. I've, I, I'm not, I'm a songwriter. Yeah. And then I perform those things. So I, I can't play someone else's songs. I can only, well, except for the beat rhythm fashion thing, but I did mm. co-write, you know, with Nino. I worked through the new stuff. Yeah. But um, all the bands I've done before this have all been me working with a guitarist and a drummer to compose music and then perform that and I'm, I'm a terrible covers person I can't play yeah. someone else's you know let's do the Beatles song I'm I, sorry I can't I, I, I have I probably have you know a spectrum condition of some kind but I I can't focus on it I can only do what naturally comes out of my fingers mm. and that's what I can play I'm, you know I struggle a wee bit with the beat rhythm fashion thing it took a lot of work for me to learn 
his style and um, oh, uh, Dan, the mm. the brother that died, mm. his, his style, and I had to bring that in and do it. Mm. But I, I, I did it with Children's Arrow as well. It was, mm. but but it's not as easy as just playing what you play. You know, mm. when, when you sit down and play drums on something, you go a pattern. It's natural. Yeah, you improvise it, and it's not hard to remember because it, you're just yeah. doing what you would have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas. When I'm playing other people's music, that's not what I would have done, even though I might like it. Mm-mm. Although Children's Hour and Beat Rhythm Fashion were big influences on me stylistically. Yeah, so I was going to say not, that's not a, a little stretch. bit different. Like they're part of that part of you finding your voice on the instrument. Yeah, it's, so you're yeah, not a big stretch. Yeah. yeah, I actually found I was dubbing my collection and um, when I had to move to Japan and get rid of all my stuff, and I found me playing a Beat Rhythm Fashion song on a cassette <laughs> on bass. Mm. It's always bizarre. I was like, this is, this is Bing's Rest finally. When did yeah. I do that? Because <laughs> you know, I don't, normally didn't do that. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was a tape of that. So obviously I, I they had a big impact on mm. me. So. Mm. so you are recording bands, you're recording shows, mm. and then you create a label. Failsafe Records. Yeah, so... When does I, that happen and, and how? Yeah. And why, obviously, to to put things out into the world that weren't being put out? Yeah, I... There's a video of me on the, um, on the internet, on YouTube. Um, if you search, I think it's called Viewfinder uh, Punk Christchurch. Um, there's like a 14-minute piece on the punks in Christchurch, and there's me in there... Mm. Um, Talk, uh, quite earnestly talking about what I think about um, what I do I, I, I cringe a little bit when I see it because <laughs> I thought god you're an earnest little you know but I, um, I've, it was that I feel this is important and I have to do it there was a compulsion that I was doing something that was important and I at that time um, and I've just had this discussion recently with a few people the world that I was in was alternative music in Christchurch and everyone I knew in my circle was into alternative music in Christchurch so I thought everyone was into it but it was only my circle mm. and outside of that there were farmers, people into sport, in fact that was most people but in my circle and we probably all get this, we think it's it's a New Zealand music is a big thing and everyone should hear it and these bands are great you mm. know, and they are great and everyone should hear them but Outside of the people we know, there's a big drop off in it, and nothing's changed that. There, nothing, you know, New Zealand, New Zealand, all of that it didn't change any of that. Mm. The, I talked to Martin Phillips recently, and he said, you know, I get interviewed by people in Nelson, and they ask me, so what have you done? You know, they know <laughs> nothing about the yeah, chills, yeah. and it's still happening to them. And mm. that, that shows how little penetration we got. In 30 years, yeah, we, we think it's a household now, and I'm okay with that now. I've I've seen the you know the Facebooks for um, my label, um, so there's a Failsafe Records Facebook group, and it's 600 people. Yeah, over 10 years, it took that, that long to build it up, and that's it. You know, so those 600 people know about it. They're from the community that I mixed in, and they're interested in it. And there's no one outside that. Um, and it's the same for Propeller and any other label. It's, it is a very limited pool mm. and it hasn't expanded and nothing that anyone's done, if they've done anything, has changed that. So I, I guess I'm comfortable with it now. And so when I do something, I know that my, I, I, I know that um, 
I'm not going to make an international hit because that's not reality mm. and that I'm catering to a community scene and that scene is limited and I'm writing a history for a very limited pool of people and that's okay you know I don't I don't know if I want anything more than that because I I don't think I could handle it it's a lot of work you know um, I post every CD out and I, uh, to people will I make up every CD cover if it's a, one of the boutique ones uh, for, for something that like Beat Rhythm Fashion I, I have had it manufactured mm. although the first one I didn't I actually folded every cover by hand put the CD in the tray clipped the clothes the next one so but now I've got a daughter to do that work for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke it's not, I'll show you a picture of that she actually did it did help me on the yeah. folding these covers yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, it's a matter of getting it in perspective and you meet musicians who are very passionate about their stuff mm. and we are going to take on the world and after a certain amount of time you kind of back off on that. How do you feel about yeah. that? You know? Yeah, I, I, I think you've actually described it very well, the idea that um, we, we overall think this music's a lot more important than it actually is. On a world scale, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I guess, you know, for, like for me, I went through school loving music and my friends did too but I know I listened to more of it than they did mm. and listened wider I guess and um and it that, is important it's yeah, just important totally. to a small it's way that's right but it's good yeah. to have that it's good to get that reminder that this matters so much to you mm. and people aren't wrong mm. for not caring as much as you do yeah they care about other things more than you do yeah you they've know? got other aspects well, to their and, life and, and 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 oddly in New Zealand in some sections there's been this sort of weird you know fight that's been manufactured between <laughs> between people who care about music and people who watch rugby yeah. and why can't why can't people do both loads of people do both yeah, some and do, yeah. you know and that's fine and, yeah. and you know I, I get the frustration around sport seeming like it gets the easier handouts and it gets more yeah. I, I understand that yeah but I think that's not actually the, the fight to be having. Like, you know, yeah. why fight? Why not just enjoy the thing that you enjoy? And mm. and, and it's about, you know, I think, I think perhaps the erosion of the big record labels, arguably, certainly the erosion mm. of um, paying for music yeah. on, a, on a broad scale and the... Um, and, and the breaking down of celebrity, how that doesn't matter as much anymore... Um, all of those things yeah. I think all of those things have um, have I just mean you know like it's changed it's changed yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. all of yeah. those things have actually made it um, easier to find your place with something like music and just enjoy yeah. what you do like the competitive aspect is arguably yeah. removed slightly the th through the you know don't the, you think the, yeah I do I, yeah. I was trying to think why I why music meant so much so as a teenager you don't analyse yourself and go oh look I'm blah, this is the reason for it but as you get older you know way down the track as I am well not mm. that far down the track but <laughs> I've, I've calmed down and I've tried to think about it and I think it was uh, communication an ability to communicate stuff that our society doesn't let us communicate and that's emotion mm. so mm. when you play uh, music you're in a room with other people and you're emo 
create um, expressing emotion that your society doesn't, especially New Zealand society, mm-hmm. won't let you, uh, um, you know, convey, and that is perhaps what it was. So that's definitely the playing thing, mm. and you can listen to people's music like Beat Rhythm Fashion are a very emotive band. There's, there's beauty in there. New Zealand males can't have beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not allowed it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I got out of it. Mm as a voice, a way to express stuff that words are not allowed to express in our society. Well, just last week, you know, or just um, Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, stood up and said that really tone-deaf thing about for International Women's Day. He said, um, we want women to rise up, mm-hmm. and we want them to seize their opportunity, but not at the expense of anyone else, not, not pushing anyone else down. So, i.e., um, leave us men in our top jobs and do your best ladies to come up was essentially how that came across it was it was awful now the reason i bring that up is just just parallel to what you're saying about discovering music and it and it allowing you to feel things or Mm. put you in touch express things and put you in touch with people that are think you know i've been watching a lot of um really dark gritty australian film lately which i think Mm. they do so well Mm. and it's like why do they do it so well they've got fuckwits like that at the you know at the head of the country Mm. and the big mainstream viewpoint is we is almost we had a Sheila for Prime Minister once. We won't do that again. You know, that wasn't right for us. That's yeah. almost the, the, the narrative that's being... So it takes the artists to react to that, right? Like, that's where you get some really deep... That's Yeah, so you, know, you had that in the 80s with um, Muldoon mm. government and um, Thatcher governments, and that's what made that thing, yeah. Mm. I guess, I mean, yeah, that's the political thing, but it's also... Oh, you're, you're, yeah, so you're saying that Australia has become more macho dickhead than... I, so we went yeah, back down again. I think so, there, yeah. but I just mean, you know, I'm just speaking also to that point that you're raising, like, that, yeah, engaging with whatever it is, music, film, literature, the arts, the reason we find, a lot of us find it so important is a, is a bit of a, a comfort that someone else is maybe thinking the same way we are yeah. or it's an escape as well yeah i oh, definitely on the lyric thing um yeah. that's that's good and and beat rhythm fashion were very very good thoughtful thought-provoking mm-hmm. uh, lyricists which is what i liked about them it wasn't it wasn't dumb in any way but mm. um also from a instrumental point of view like the uh, music can be very emotive and you love the soundtrack thing and that's why mm. I love it too it's like mm. wow you know it's 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 a story mm. um, co- conveying of emotion with only sound there's no picture Mm-mm. and um, and it's also I would argue like the ultimate sort of writing to order compromise like you get this beautiful soundtrack music that's composed created mm. they chose a person or people to make it but they are ultimately making something for someone else's vision. Like the best of it, like that Solaris soundtrack, can be listened to. And I, I've never seen the film Solaris. I've seen the original. Yeah, I that, it's okay. that, the remake yeah. that that soundtrack exists for, I've never watched it. Mm. And it, I probably don't ever need to. You don't know? need like, to. I don't no. need to. Maybe I will. But I yeah. used to have this rule that, you know, you've got to see the film to see how the music, mm. you know, which I, which I still mostly believe. But then it became quite freeing a few years ago to go, and I think Solaris is really the thing that did it, to mm. go, fuck, nothing's going to get better than listening to this. The movie's not that bad, but it doesn't, yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. you don't yeah, need yeah. it. The movie is not going to bring out some mm. nuance in the sound, in the music that I haven't yeah. already 
no. heard and enjoyed. No, no. it doesn't yeah. get better. But sometimes it does. Like yeah. sometimes, you know, it's about. Well, those interaction things are quite interesting. It does. It does um, with the picture there uh, mm. and the story. I mean, they're using that music to make the picture even more emotive to whatever they wanted it to say. So, I well, mean, it has you, a purpose. What yeah. got you listening to soundtracks? What? What? Um, well, I, I saw the movie and I thought, this is fantastic. I wonder yeah. if that's out. No, in yeah. general, I mean, like, what, uh, what, what has made you... I didn't like um, vocalists, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, because uh, there's a lot of music that doesn't say anything, mm. you know. Mm. E- even the Beatles sometimes don't say anything. Mm. Mm. But there are people that do, but, you know... We, we, we didn't have many great lyricists. I mean, Morrissey, as, as much as he's decried at the moment, yeah, yeah. was a really interesting person to listen to. At yeah, the time. yeah, he's yeah. A good pioneering lyricist, really, yeah. for, and for his twisting era. Twisting ideas and making you think of things differently. Literary allusions, yeah. like lots of references yeah. to writers and artists. and yeah. yeah, and you can interpret it, in, I mean, his way, and then also think uh, uh, you know another way so Nino's got a line in um, his song Optimism and he's uh, the song dies down a bit and he goes um, hey have you got a match and he says hey have you got a match alternative and it's like I'm not quite I don't know what that means but mm. I'm and, and he has explained it to me you know yeah. and he says it can mean that and it's supposed to mean you know <laughs> what, what he was thinking so yeah. I, it's I don't know I like that it was just seem profound mm. and then it can be profound to what I'm I think that it means now, it doesn't have to mean what he means mm. meant it to mean but it can also so there's a it was just multi multi-level so mm. just um, so I do enjoy lyrics but when I first got into music I enjoyed the power of the notes and the drums mm. Um, mm. more so I was I think I went into a record store maybe Roger Shepard was working there it's like we've got instrumental stuff and someone gave me uh, low, I think um, there was an instrumental track on that that was really good, Bowie's. Mm. And then, um, uh, yeah, and I was just hunting around for good instrumental music, as you know, and the lyric stuff was okay, but I was just liking the power of the music, which is what we like about the soundtrack, I think, is mm. no one's cluttering it up with words, it's just notes and how those notes are played mm. and the tones that they use to, to make it work. So, and that, that probably led me into my producing and recording thing is this is good but what can I do you know to change I'd like I wonder what this picture would be like if I painted it like this this sound picture mm. so mm. I, I enjoy that and the collaboration as much as I like doing my own stuff I like writing um, you know a bass progression and then getting a uh, like maybe Kevin Stokes who was the, the guitarist in Dolphin mm. really talented guy and I played this and that was good and then he'd put something on it two blokes emoting to each other <laughs> in a room and Steve Burst the drummer mm. and it was better than I would have ever done it myself you know mm. and it's like that melody I love it that's you know it's spine, making my spine tingle you know mm, mm. so it's in a, the big hetero world of New Zealand 1980s and uh, 90s mm. we get to be a bit more free than um than our society allows us to be. Mm-hmm. So, so you spend your teen years and your twenties and I guess into your, thir- into your thirties and forties and largely in Christchurch. Yeah, oh yeah. And and playing in bands as well as recording and doing sound. So you're in Dolphin. Mm-hmm. You're also you're in, you're in Dolphin. You're in the band Throw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, Spring Loader and then uh, in the two thousands with Dave Mulcahy and. Mm-hmm. Eskimo Chemo. Mm. We did a couple of albums there, and um, 
there's probably been other stuff. I, I, I yeah, I did a bit of stuff. Yeah, I was yeah. really prolific, and um, and I, and it's and it was personal. I wasn't I wasn't mm. trying to be have a rock a career. star no. or have, a, have yeah. a career as such. Yeah, and I always got trepidation playing live, and I still do a little bit, but mm. it, it it isn't it isn't for the audience first. It's for me first, mm. and then if I do that and you like it, that's really cool, you know. Mm. But I don't care if you like it or not. Um, mm. It's but I, I love it if you do like it it'd be really good but yeah so what what changes in your life what what are you, what happens that moves you on from doing that so you're in Christchurch you're recording bands you're working as a sound engineer you're playing in bands that, that lasts for quite some time um so I know I went overseas um in yeah. 1995 um because uh so so a bit of the timeline it was mm. it was Dolphin from 1987 to 1990 and then uh, Kevin went over to the UK and um, me and Steve were still going he'd met someone you know Jeremy Taylor who was a young kid from Timaru I think mm. and he'd been jamming with him and we'd go hey let's let's get a guy and we have a jam you know and then that kind of went got out of control and got big really fast and we did a tour and then it burnt up really fast and then uh, spring loader I moved over to guitar and it was like me writing and telling everyone what to do and um, really great drummer in there called Dave Tolman too drummers I absolutely love drummers it's mm. one thing I can't do if mm. I could do it maybe I'd just stay in a room by myself and, <laughs> and sing I can't sing either so um, uh, that and then um, uh, Kevin came back uh, to Christchurch for a couple of a uh, few weeks and we released um, some recordings of Dolphin. It was really good. So uh, we decided, or I decided probably, let's go to um, let's go to London and make it big. You know, let's mm. take the music to the world because it was easy to get at the top in New Zealand. New Zealand's a very small pond. Yeah, you can ring up a major record label and talk to the guy. Mm. You can't mm. do that in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that. And um, I, I I was born in the UK as, mm -hmm. and then came out here when I was two. So I had a British passport. Went and lived there for two years and spent two years pushing Dolphin. Steve the drummer didn't come over. Um, we met Pete uh, Pete Thomas from Elvis Killers yeah. Costello's band. We were speaking of amazing drummers. Speaking of amazing drummers, mm. uh, me and Kev were working in his little bedroom uh, basement studio. It was, um, and um, he had famous names written on the volume controls you know that we knew <laughs> uh, but we didn't know who he was right you know i wonder who that dude is you know we found a stack of elvis Costello cds and like it's him <laughs> it's the drummer that's the same dude isn't yeah. it you know and um arguably one of the truly great drummers of the mm, kind of post-punk he is a good drummer he's really, really good drummer yeah so he came, uh, kept on coming down. Hey, how are you boys doing? I love that you're doing your own work. If you need any percussion, you know, I'm just upstairs. Wow. <laughs> initially, before we knew it, that's what he said at that before we knew it. He was like, no, mm. I don't think so, old man, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then we found out who he was and mm. we did more because he said, I really like your stuff. It's got, you know, real bounce and energy to it. And um, uh, we'd written like seven new songs and we didn't have a drummer and Steve, uh, you know, New Zealand drummer didn't make it over, and it's just me and Kev. And uh, we said, Pete, we, you know, would you you offered to do some stuff? Would you be okay to do you know drum some stuff down? He goes, Yeah, I'd love to. Talk to my wife. I'm just off to do Cheryl Crow's album and Suzanne Vega. I got a tour after that. <laughs> I think I got a couple of days spare. Yeah. Talk to my wife, book it in. And um, so we did, and uh, 
then Kev couldn't make the session, so it's just me and Pete. Wow. And um, so I was strumming this stuff out to him, and it was, I think we had two days, um, which is very generous of him, and uh, he charged us like £75 a day for him and the studio. Mm. It's nothing. Mm. He's he's five hundred pound a day for him. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So he just wanted to help help out these two two, yeah. two dudes from um, from New Zealand. He played he played on a Dave Dobbin record. Too. Yeah. He played on the. Oh, that was pro white. Yeah. So I was going to say that would have been just before that. That'd be a proper session. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He was the session guy to have. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. Doing pop and rock. Yeah. He was the guy, and so yeah. um, and. It, to round that story out um, he said have you got any more tracks that was the one we did all the songs we, we planned to do so you got anything more I said well I've got an idea you know do you want to have a go at it yeah he goes, yeah yeah so I played him this thing um, it ended up being a, a song that I released by myself um, which I can't remember the name of <laughs> but I'll, I will later and um, and uh, he drummed it down and then he said you know there's a certain Vespicle fellow who could do to write a few more songs like that wow it's like, <laughs> yeah that was really good it yeah. was really slow my piece and I think you mate oh, I could probably die now that's yeah. it that's, that's, I mean, that's a really big compliment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah wow. <laughs> it was really nice yeah but he, what a what a guy yeah and he just he had a, he had a little uh, basement studio and that's amazing and, yeah so, yeah. so it was a good time in London but after two years you know you make a demo you send it out yeah. and they write we've received the demo and we'll get back to you within three months yeah. and then you get it back and then they go that's cool send us your next demo mm. and then two years have passed and it's just quite slow and so we did um, we got a little bit of interest but what, what we didn't know was from New Zealand is that there are thousands of bands doing exactly the same it's not if you're good or bad it's that you're number 97 mm. in that week's stack of CDs they only have to sign two bands a year and that's 52 weeks a year they're getting that through yeah. they might not even hear you yeah. so we went to uh, New York uh, so over to the UK so we did pick up a drummer her name was Tracy Tompkins um, and she was a cool um, female drummer from Delaware and um, did some gigs in London reasonably hard to get a I mean you can play a gig but you can't get anyone there unless you've lived there and have all your school friends so it's 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 hard, you know. You need management. You need people. It was difficult to build, and and me being Mr. Cottage Industry, I had to do everything myself. I have to record it all myself. It's mis it's a good thing for budget. It's a bad thing for network. Mm. So we should have paid, you know, Alan Mulder to to record us. Just forked out the cash, and then it would have gone. Alan Mulder saw a band, mentioned it to someone. That's how you get up. Mm. But you know, we were do-it-yourself dudes and. We did it ourselves, and that never, and never built. I never made that connection. Mm. I know that now, but didn't know mm. it then. Mm. So we went over to um, LA. I uh, sorry, um, East Coast, and because Tracy got kicked out of the UK, her visa ran out. We did a little East Coast tour, and we um, to New York, Boston, um, Washington, uh, Philadelphia, and Delaware. And on the last gig at Brownies, uh, so we we send out our demos and one guy came along an agent who was managing the Cures uh, UK as uh, US stuff he said you guys are good uh, I can get people along to see you I think I can get you a $200,000 deal you have to come back um, early next year and um, Kev's uh, partner uh, Barbara when, when he got back to the UK she said you know how many hoops 
you know we, mm. is it really going to be something and you've heard stories like um, Chris Sheehan from mm. Mm. Exponents he just got held up in a loop and he'd written he'd, I think he got like three or four albums in the can yeah. that were paid for by his label and then they were stuck on a shelf and they never came out and mm. it never went anywhere so she's probably right yes maybe possibly no mm. and it's difficult so that so after that I, I didn't chase that that monkey anymore and I just um, took it back to what um, I was doing which is making music for me and doing projects for me and recording it for me and it is a hobby but it's a hobby that I've always tried to make break even because I think it should sustain itself although it's practically impossible now every mm. band that you see coming through that you like that has a small audience is paying to be in front of you because it just isn't sustainable it's a it's a dying it's a dying art form mm. because it's a bit like you know my my mum used to go to dance hall I don't go to dance hall but mm. that's what she used to do mm. and then we used to go to bands and we used to be obsessed with bands and that's what we do but maybe our kids won't be doing that they'll be doing something else so I think that's probably the case well we don't need to get outside of our home to have experiences no. as much as we used to no so yeah it's video a, games a person videos. can argue that the best experiences might be social interactions around seeing a sports event live or a gig or True. whatever but there's an argument to be said that you can now watch the Pitchfork Festival or Coachella live oh yeah streaming it on in YouTube your, in your bed in your, on your big screen <laughs> connected to your stereo or whatever why you know at the other end of the world when you were ne you know way back at when they had festivals like that mm. you'd read about them in New Zealand three months later and you dream about right? it yeah. and dream about it and go that sounds amazing yeah I look forward to reading about next year's festival three years late you yeah. know three months late and now you actually on some level get to kind of almost be part of it without leaving without your house. leaving your house so it's a hard you know I'm not yeah. saying any of that's right it is amazing and yeah. it's a hard argument to combat mm. isn't it well I kind of yeah, it is. I, I understand why it happens, and I do want to share. I mean, we just love mm. what we've experienced, and mm -hmm. we want other people to enjoy what, the way yeah. we enjoy it, but they're not all going to, but, but some of them do. So we, we've done two gigs with the Beat Rhythm Fashion Tour, mm. and people, nobody asked to be on the guest list, you know. Mm. No, they all paid. They knew what it was. Mm. Um, somebody said, I, I, I'm really excited about this tour because you know what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and the people were standing at the front singing the, the words and came up and said, thank you, we understand what you did to bring this to us. It, but unfortunately, it's quite a small... Sure. Well, I mean, it's 100 people. It, but it it's, it. it's also, this is a genuine example of, I never thought I'd get to see this. This is a band or yeah. a, a, a band reforming, forming a new version of the band with enough of its original elements to be mm. authentic with a brand new album um, that fits in, that fits with, in yeah. with the style playing some of the songs that they were known for way back 35 yeah. years ago and that's an, that is a unique experience and so that's yeah. why you know I, I go and see Leonard Cohen never thinking I'd see Leonard Cohen in my lifetime mm. and being a big fan that's wonderful yeah. I think it's amazing I'm part of an audience where I can genuinely feel that yeah. most people thought it was amazing I know of a few people that walked out early and thought his band was boring and rah 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 that's fine that's, mm. that's absolutely fine um, 
But I, I write it up and say that it's the greatest gig I've seen because I feel that from the audience. Mm. And 13 months later, he comes back and plays the exact same show. So oh, it's not, yeah, so it's not unique, you know. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it doesn't invalidate my experience of seeing it the first time. No. But I left it half time the second time. I yeah. felt next to nothing. Like, they played well. Now, there are other people that I know saw Leonard Cohen three or four times mm. when he came to New Zealand over those last few years that he toured. And they obviously loved it every time and mm. thought just being in the room with him... And I get that, but to me, I want something more than just the same songs. The well, there are special so, moments, aren't there? So yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so this beat rhythm thing is creating. You know, yes, it's on a smaller scale, mm. but it's creating a special moment for people. And I mean, when I talked to Caroline for the podcast, I said, "You're going to have people that you are going to have the complete range. You're going to have people that." came and saw Beat Rhythm Fashion play, yeah. you know, way back. They've come up you're and talked to us. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And you're going to have people that have come up and say, I, I never got, young. I was too young, yep. or, or I don't know why I never saw you, but I was aware of you. And then you're going to have people that, oh, I've just come along because I've heard people talking about this, and yeah. I'm new to even hearing about this band, but I'm going to, you know, and that's a full range. Yeah, I know. It's pretty And so you've already had that. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting, I mean, I, I hadn't thought it through that much. I, I'd actually just done it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to hear what, what Beat Rhythm Fashion would have done. So I, yeah. in 2005, I, I came up with this idea to flush out my archive and, and present it to the huge awaiting audience of New Zealand <laughs> who were going to drop rugby and yeah. start getting into this music because yeah. it's so important. Um, so I... I, I came up with this project called 30 Albums in 30 Days, and I was going to do it. Yeah. I just didn't. <laughs> I, How far did I, you I think get? I got 25 in, in 30 days, and it, I actually made them within the three months prior to that. Um, I can't finish an album in, an, in a year now, or, you know, the last yeah. two took me three years to do it, but so I had a lot of energy. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then Beat Rhythm Fashion was on that list and didn't make it, so that came out in 2007 because I wanted, mm. I, it was really important to do it properly. Mm. And so I was tweaking it, mastering it, and getting the best. I, I had to learn the technology because I didn't have the money to pay anyone to do it. So I learned um, how to do, I, I built my own studio. That's how I made a little bit of my income from mm. being, you know, professional studio recording guy and released that and... That actually started the ball rolling for the resurgence of interest, or maybe just the reminding of. It. So when that came out, people went, "Yeah, they were great singles, weren't they?" I've, you know, I've always loved that. They've been, you know, and there aren't that many copies of them, mm, mm. less than a thousand, but they had an impact. But mm. then when they vanished, people put it in their back of their mind and never expected to see it again. Mm. And that's a very reasonable response to that because they are volatile, you know, brothers who mm. um, always on edge and there were substance issues and stuff mm. like that. You, you're not going to get a bit rhythm fashion reform, except mm. that you are because I, you know, so we, 2007 it comes out and they, they didn't know people liked them. They did, they, they were oblivious to it. And there's a video on um, uh, Dan Birch, RIP Facebook, of Dan, he, he died in 2011, mm. but him and his brother are, are just strumming through some of their music, and um, Nino says to Dan, Dan's ultra-critical about 
everything he didn't want the album to come out you know he's mm. like oh no there's a I can sing that better now you, but you're not going to are you Dan you, you're <laughs> not going to get off your ass you know and he's going do they really like it you know do people and Nina's going yeah they, they do you know and they just don't believe it because good old New Zealand does not support its arts you know mm. we had Mr. Dickhead John Key uh, what did he say about the right you know writers are okay when that book will yeah, work yeah, yeah. what an arsehole yeah yeah, so that's that's probably why our arts don't get to be internationally known is because we've, we've got that mentality of knocking it down. It's not as good as rugby, is it? Well, yeah, it's mm. just, uh, you know, not to, not to um, mm. you know, denigrate Go rugby on. or its supporters, yeah. but... Um, whilst no, it's not the supporters. No, 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 no exactly. It's, but yeah. it's, no, but there's, whilst there's great skill in the game, yeah. um, it's a different set of emotions and experiences and, yeah. and, and nuances that that can't be as easily communicated yeah like you know and so I guess the the rugby version of music mm. is the big obvious stuff that you can get straight away yeah you know like it is your ZM hits it is your feelers and 660s and stuff like that because mm. because that's what that's the equivalent of a big sporting event in a big what? mainstream stadium where for everyone who's an eagle-eyed rugby fan, there's a bunch of people there with a big hat and a pointy finger and a and a drink with a straw in it. Mm. And I'm not saying that to be a jerk. I'm just mm. saying that's that's yeah. That's I know. The and same in music as well. That's it's right. That's what I'm saying. Right. So there's yeah. the music version of that. Yeah. And so the stuff we're talking about, the stuff you've dedicated your life to, mm. can't ever make it into that world. No. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm aware that it's a personal journey. Yeah, I know that yeah. now, but I didn't know that no, no, while but I was doing the, it. But, yeah. you know, this is the thing. Your journey mirrors the, I guess, the journey, the evolution of a human being through their idealism. It just happened yeah. to be music with you. Yeah. So, so you know, when we're, when we're a teenager and in our 20s, we think we know a lot more than we do, and that's sort of what drives us. Yeah. And then when you're in... I was a know-it-all. I yeah. was definitely a know-it-all. And then yeah. um, it's it's encouraging to hear you say was. That's, that, you know, that's, <laughs> well, now I know I don't yeah, know yeah. it all. The more you know, the less you know. <laughs> that's you, you, that's you, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So your your journey with music is, yeah. is anyone else's journey with with something in their life if not music right I think it was important to have that though I yeah. was like um, hate classical music mm. hate everything you know I really like this and it was really really focused and really passionate and really exciting and if I didn't have that you know I know you believe this but um, disliking music is as important as liking music totally because if you don't dislike something then you like everything and if you like mm. everything you don't have an opinion what are the worst comments to hear things like Oh, it's okay in the background. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's all. You know, what does that mean? I, I hate this one. I like all kinds of music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. then you don't like anything. Anything the radio plays yeah. does will be nothing fine. touches you, yeah. What's your favourite album? Greatest Hits. Yeah. You know, these things. Oh, are, can <laughs> you say that about you? I think one of your favourite albums oh, was The Greatest Hits. I think. It was you the know, Beatles one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, no, no. But I think that's true. It wouldn't have been The Beatles, but. Yeah. I do feel that way now about some things. Some, Sometimes some artists, they go together well. Yeah. The, the best Cars album of all time is the Cars Greatest Hits. There yeah, you go, right, and yeah. that, and and probably really the best Bob Marley album is mm. Legend. You know, like it just filters out those filler filler songs. That and that's have maybe there. a little unfair yeah. um, because I do like some yeah. other Bob Marley albums. But yeah, there are certainly some Greatest Hits that are a catch all yeah. in the right way. Yeah. But, Sorry, I distracted yeah, you. No, 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 it's oh, good. Yeah. Well, you know, but, yeah. but that's the thing is, is um, we know, not that we know more, but we care more mm. about this stuff. So 
we're always looking for that hope that it's going to break through mm. in a way. But then, you know, aren't you amazed when you, like, like so arguably you and I have dedicated our lives to music in, in one way or another. Yeah. And aren't you amazed when you meet people who are um, a doctor or a lawyer or a builder or whatever, and they know as much as you do pretty much about music. We they, had a policeman they, who came down uh, to the Dunedin gig. Yeah. And he's into the punk scene. It's like, yeah. you know, he's in his 40s or 50s, yeah. and he came up to Nino and talked to him about it, talking about all the Christchurch mm. punk bands. Yeah, aren't you, but aren't you yeah. like, where the fuck do you get time to do this? Like, isn't yeah. it amazing? Well, like, you've actually, job, yeah. Yeah, you've actually trained. Well, that's their passion. Yeah, yeah. That, isn't, isn't it awesome? It. That's what we've got as well. Yeah. But we've, we've got a little bit more time to do it, do <laughs> yeah. it maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. when we're not doing trying to pay the rent. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah, it's interesting. And I just wanted, on that rugby thing, um, maybe music's a personal journey and... I don't go to sports games, mm. but maybe that's a, a big... Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, the, the sport fandom is a, is a herd thing. It's yeah. about being part of a... Yeah. You know, and in, in America, you get that whole thing where people just support their hometown team yeah. and dress up in the... You know, the paraf- buy the paraphernalia, yeah. um, dress up in the jerseys, get the matching branded stuff, mm. and turn up to the local games only. Mm. And... And support the hell out of it, and it's about that's um, community. I it's guess it's a community yeah. thing. It's a tribalism. It's yeah. and and you know that's quite quite cool actually. It's something quite yeah. there's something quite cool about it. But then I've always been a a skeptic around any sort of tribalism or patriotism for the sake of it. I, d- I don't like it personally, and I've I don't like team sports. Yeah, I don't like I don't like sports at all. I managed to get out of it at school. I don't know how I did it. Like at Boys High, Christchurch Boys High, you have to do a sport on Wednesday afternoon, mm. and I and I didn't. I, I, I lied my way out of it. I, I got through the whole year. Apart from, um, I did get caught in the fifth form, and they said you have to pick one, and I was like, oh, how about uh, fencing, mm. swords? Mm. That'd be good. <laughs> Star Wars, you know. And we and we snapped one of their sabers, and they, we got kicked out, and mm. that was it. I didn't have to do it, so I didn't <laughs> get forced to do team sports, and individual individuality, individualism, or whatever it is. Uh, is a big part of the music thing. Uh, it's definitely post-punk thing. You know, everyone was building their own, making their own clothes, expressing themselves, set and as an individual. So I know, you know, Sex mm. Pistols. Let's sound like Sex Pistols to a degree, but but not. There was there was the Cure definitely made it branch off a bit. Although mm. people say Beat Rhythm Fashion sound like the Cure, I don't think they do at all. But they're in the same. I think there's a slight hint of. The guitar, yeah, and that's, and about, that's it. about it. Yeah, like you know, yeah. and they sound about as much like the Cure as a whole lot of bands from that era that, mm. yeah, took one little thing or yeah. maybe didn't even take it. It, it just, just it just happened to. Well, when Nino Nino says he never owned a flanger, and it was that yeah. flanger on Beans Rest finally. Mm. It's not on. Um, it's not on Turn of the Century, mm. but um, so they've often got degraded by by that but it's not true and their style of songwriting is quite different from Robert Smith so I actually um, yeah, yeah I agree yeah I met Robert Smith um, uh, so when Tracy the drummer from Dolphin um, when we were in the US we went and saw The Cure play and mm. she said 
she, she she's younger than me. She said, oh, let's go and stalk them to the hotel. I was like, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. <laughs> and But she had the car, so we go there. And I, I'll just sit in the car. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go mm. over there. She runs back. She says, he's talking to people. Come on over. And he's outside the hotel talking to people. And we had a little dolphin CD, and we gave it to him. It had my email address on it. And uh, three months later, he... I got an email from Robert Smith saying, mm. I really like your stuff. Have you got any more? I was like, damn straight I got more. <laughs> so I sent him CDs and um, we did that over like two or three years. Yeah. And then they were doing their We're Breaking Up 2002 mm. tour or whatever. Uh, it was around about then. And they were going to Australia only. And I was over there for some reason. And I said, uh, I'm coming over to Australia be called a catch a gig and he said I put your name on the door for the whole tour go to anything you want mate come and, and the after party come wow. and say hi and um, so I bought I had a bag of CDs and I went I mean he was he's Robert Smith so there was a lot of people wanting to talk to him mm. but I got my chance said oh I've got some you know I've got this throw album and he goes mm. you already gave me that one mate yeah <laughs> so he had listened to it knew the cover and knew that I'd already mm. given it to him so I've got a lot of. I mean, he was always my hero anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got a lot of respect. Good to for him. find out that he actually. He's not a to, dick. He's, he's not, not a dick, dick, and he actually listens not. to music. And he's really down to earth. You know, mm. even he's got the hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His band are a bit, you know, yeah. rock and rolly, but he's um he's wow. really nice. And so when he came out, um, when I met him, he had his mum and his dad, and he said he came out before, and he said, oh, "Look, my mum and dad are here, so everyone could be really cool. They're you know they're old, and I just want you to look after them." And everyone was like, yeah, no, cool. And so they came out and, uh, yeah. Do you know, I've never seen The Cure and that's one of my gig-going regrets. Yeah. I've never seen them. You're going to get another chance, aren't you? I know. I'm quite excited for this new album. They're they're playing in Sydney in a couple of months. Wow, so that's... Uh, I think they're doing the, uh, whatever, I think it must be the um, Vivid Festival. Yeah, doing Fuji Rock in Japan as well. I don't know if they'll get to New Zealand again, but they were, when they were last here, I was out of the country, you know, like, and that would have been the time, and then I can't remember, I think they were here in about 2008, and I didn't go, it was Auckland only, but... It is pretty good, I mean, you've missed... missed Yeah, I've missed peak, you know, I know that. Although, I've got high hopes for this, because there's... There's two, one or two new songs on the album, and his mum died, and he wrote it. It's like this is this is as good as anything right. that they've done because those last two or three oh, albums. Were, yeah, I agree. I mean, I love yeah. Blood Flowers, yeah. and I reckon that's sort of where Probably the cure pretty right. much ends for me. And I love that. Um, must have been when DVDs were music DVDs were just becoming a big thing. Yeah, I love that trilogy. Oh,对对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对，对
this talk talking about um, 17 seconds. seconds, and that was the first Cure record I ever yeah. heard. Yeah, and oh, that, you lucky one. I know, that and that was, that was a, yeah. no, no, that was oh, the first record well. I heard. And that, yeah, best that, intro. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think I might have known one or two songs because, yeah. you know, I didn't hear it when it came out. I heard it, you know, when I was about 12 or 13. Yeah, that, that was a big influence on me musically because yeah. they said, don't copy do your own thing. Yeah. I mean, they were original. And they have been yeah. pretty much all the way through until they got that Limp Biscuit producer dude that yeah, just yeah. screwed everything up. But um, they, yeah. So the originality thing, you know, I guess we thought we were, but we, I, I never tried to be like someone else, um, except for in the philosophy of trying to be like yourself, mm. and that's what I got from the Cure. Well, there, to me, one th- one of the things I think is so great about the Cure is they're a amazing singles band yeah. because and not just like they shouldn't be but they are no but exactly yeah. and amazing they and, and and they have great b-sides they actually do the whole proper yeah. b-sides like things you can't though. find yeah. they're an amazing albums band mm. out mostly mm. and and they are a good greatest hits band which which a lot of albums bands aren't like you know obviously you know but standing on the beach was a seminal um, compilation you yeah. know and and then they, when they did that Greatest Hits album and then did the acoustic bonus disc of it, I think oh, it's yeah. just called Greatest Hits, and then they did the acoustic yeah, versions, one, yeah. you know, that was kind of cool too. Yeah. Like they, whereas you look at someone like, okay, so whatever you think of him, mm. but Paul McCartney as a solo act, yeah, terrible Greatest Hits. Because mm-hmm. it's just bogged down with shit like Ebony and Ivory and... and, and entire. Yeah, crap like that. Yeah. But great albums, like maybe not all of them, but great albums. Whereas John Lennon, fantastic solo greatest hits mm. because he was a really patchy albums dude. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting. But The Cure manage all three. Yeah, they have managed to keep the, the uh, you know, accessible pop hits going. Yeah. And they really shouldn't considering who yeah. they are yeah. and where they came from, but... Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, they were an influential band, so it wasn't just New Zealand music. I mean, I started mm. off, probably started off on that, and then I started seeing what was around me, and I really got into community, mm. you know, music community. These are my people talking about what it's like to be in my town, mm. to me, and they're not being rock stars, and that kind of did change around um, 86, 87, and we started getting the flying man, my band's getting bigger, but I mean, mm. Martin... They've always been cool, those guys that, you know, JPS, they've always been nice people, mm. but they're all ones that are out to, like, crack it, you know, let's get overseas, let's, we can make it. And that, that that didn't work for me. That's not mm. community, that's commercial. You know, commercial yeah, yeah. Consumers and Did you, who do you, what's your greatest get that you got in terms of capturing something live? Do you have like one or two things where you like? Well, the beat rhythm fashion, that recording that I did there, um, I mean, it was a good recording for the time, but um, it was it had to master up, but that was really, it was, I mean, I've listened to that, you know, more than half my life. So yeah. that, was, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I saw Snapper um, oh, yeah. play um, 1988 at University of Canterbury with Paul Keane from the Bats as a mm. sound engineer. Mm. That's how I got to record it because I was friends with Paul and tape and machine, Paul. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Rob. Go, mm. You know, trust. Mm. Um, I ended up being their sound engineer. But anyway, uh, So they that was a phenomenal gig. I don't know. They were just on that night and he Paul did the perfect mix. It was like... Uh, it's just sonically beautiful, and yeah. so I do have a tape of that, and I've have been meaning to get in touch with Peter's um, um, widow and yeah. and let her know about that. But you know, I've got so much to do. But 
So that that was a, that's a beautiful tape, beautiful mm, recording, mm. and they were a fantastic band at that part, that. Mm. I, and I know they had their problems with drugs and stuff, but it was yeah. You snap a fan band? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I love. I'm 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 a little bit too young to really, you know. The EP. I, I love. Is the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I mean, Buddy was my introduction to them. Yeah, as it is for that was most. that phase. Just, that EP yeah. just came out. Yeah, and they were doing all of that. Yeah, yeah. And it was sonically beautiful. No, no, I love that. I mean, yeah. you know, and and I really loved. I guess you know my little moment that I, that I had as a live experience that lots of people had, but for me, a few years ago was seeing the Clean play in a really small venue oh, yeah. when they took Peter on tour with them yeah. and he got up and played a few songs. Oh, that's cool. And so I, that was my snapshot, you know, yeah. of like I I do like Snapper, I do love yeah. you know what I know of them, mm. and I love um, what's that Peter Gutteridge solo album? Is yeah, that's supposed that, to be quite yeah, pure. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. You know, yeah. so like I, I I do love that, and um, yeah, so I got to see him. Yeah. You know, and he played, and he had his distinctive sound, and it was you know again it was one of those things. There's a tiny yeah, venue in Wellington, yeah. and it's packed, mm. and it's some people that know these guys well, and it's other people that it's their mm. first experience watching them. I mean, I'd seen the Clean a couple of times, but yeah. only a couple. Yeah. And there were some first timers there, and it just the room just had this vibe, mm. even before Peter got up, and then it was sort of like when he got up on stage and played. You know, it was ramshackle, but it meant something. Like that was yeah. kind of what was wonderful about it. Yeah, um, I've got a chills one that I really like as well from uh, I think it's '85, and um, yeah, the chills archivist um, collector who lives, um, William Damon. Oh yeah, yeah, I know William. William. Yeah, he um, he reckons it's the best recording of wow. that of that period, and that's his favourite period as well. Mm. Um, and. I, I do feel guilty because I've just sat on this stuff, you know. Well, I was going to ask you, like, if if um, if you don't make any much money of it, and I don't make any money, and, and, I lose all. Yeah, yeah, game. and and now people don't pay for music, largely. I have to justify it because I've got a family now, and I've yeah. got um, you know, so I've got a daughter who requires school, and um, sure. Yeah, so, and I, what can I put, I can't do what I did, uh, uh, you know. My question a, was going to be, if people don't um, really expect to pay for uh, music anymore, yeah. um, can you ever see yourself making this archive available digitally for people to just hear? No. No. Sorry, yeah. Could, would you set well, up, I, I would have would to, you set I up a subscription for it? Um, it's an idea, but it would take a lot of work, and also I I won't do it without the artist's permission. So sure. that, that's and where that, the work is. So it's a lot of admin, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of admin and a lot of music, not egos, but the musicians are delicate people. Would you think about um, approaching the funding bodies of New Zealand for a grant to? Um, good idea, isn't to, it? To yeah. To create this, to um, it's to a, pay for your time yeah. to admin it, basically, and uh, or someone else to do it, or I, someone else to do it. It's a good idea, but it comes back to how um, why uh, couldn't audio culture buy it off you? <laughs> well, they should. Yeah. They should, shouldn't they? Yeah, but I mean, uh, so when audio culture started, I was actually talking to Simon about that. You know, mm. we were talking about our labels and that we almost had to write ourselves back into the history because mm. it had become so flowing unfocused not to uh, yeah, diminish yeah. their achievement sure. but it, it had wiped everyone else off the map yeah, yeah. and it's not a very big map you know yeah. and that map isn't sh shared very widely so 
which is how I've got myself into a few fights. I've, um, mm. I, I've, I've, yeah, been, I've, I've been vocal, but uh, you know, I always thought J Rim was a little bit underappreciated in the scheme one, of things too. Another one, who's yeah. a bit prolific, yeah. and also and just Ricky. interesting, you know, like, yeah, 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 pagan. But J Rim did some really, you know, and you know, in yeah. terms of, uh, you know. Female artists, you know, major diversity, a lot of lot of Maori yeah. music, a lot of you know, yeah. interesting genre stuff. Yeah, uh, well, I want all of it. Uh, mm. So from being snobby, Mister Eighteen Year Old, I'm only into the Cure mm. to to um, working in recording studios um, and recording, paying clients, and going. Actually, these people love their stuff too. I don't like it what they're doing, but I love their passion for it. I learned to be less of a dick about it, and. Um, so I now appreciate that even though JRM released some music that I don't like, mm. it's valid. It's important. It's part of the conversation, or should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah it should yeah. be. So, um, yeah. and so I got myself into. Um, oh, I'm really pissed off about this, and I'm quite a, you know a lippy guy who can talk reasonably mm. well. I'm going to take on the funding agencies because mm. I think they're failing us, and. Uh, and I think I did like. And how did that work out for you? It failed. <laughs> it didn't work. I achieved nothing, but I did achieve a lot of uh, awareness that yep. we are failing, mm. you know, that we've been failed. But it didn't make. It didn't. There was no uh, solution offered. Um, the people who I was criticising took it as a personal insult to them mm. and refused to well, think about it. Well, that's New Zealand, isn't it? It's New that's Zealand, That's the yeah. small yeah. country mentality. So If you criticise something, you're criticising someone. So, well, it is, yeah, yeah, because they're a friend of a friend. It's yeah, so that's small. right. So you, you can't do that. And so when I when I start off with these things, I start off politely and then I ramp it up mm. until, until it... Um, until till <laughs> nothing, nothing still happens. Yeah, so, yeah. But, you know... Um, I, I think I raised awareness, but I don't think it eventuated into anything, and it, and it just got flipped back to a um, someone else who knew someone who's now in charge, and yeah. it's got to be someone else's battle now, because it's, I, I just go back to just doing what I do, and it would be nice if um, we did uh, do something to curate what we have achieved in music, and mm. I do think we've achieved something mm. on a community level, and... On a world level, we know that we have because these bands have fan bases around the world. Yeah. I get the emails and I get the orders from all over the world, Beat Rhythm Fashion, who are a very tiny band and, and the picture of New Zealand music have fans in reasonably high places yeah. Yeah. around the world. So, yeah. and, and they write to me and they tell me how much it means. So, yeah. And we get to see that. Uh, so that's kind of nice, but it's still it is still quite small. It's yeah. and we're seeing things like someone posted the other day. So I think it was a seven inch of the spelling mistakes, and it was going mm. for like three hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, and yeah. you know, Spines Records yep. um, sell for larger money now. Like I would know. like that first single that they uh, fishing they, fishing. Yeah, I, I want to find that too. Yeah, I, I did get someone a dub put, of it. Someone's yeah. put it online. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got that's really crazy yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried it's to, it's a, too it's much. A, I can't clean that. It's enough to know that it was good. Know yeah. that it was good, and it's yeah. interesting to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my only copy, too. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I, and the no, I, archivist. I sort of covered that. But. Yeah. The archivist in me wants to, to put my effort into fixing that, but mm. the family man in me says you don't have enough time and energy. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now, is I. Uh, as I get older, I achieve less, and my energy has to go elsewhere. So it's going to have to be someone else's mm. 
um, thing. I'm not, you know, I've I have digitized all my material. Mm. I'm going <laughs> to, my biggest thing is just to write a list of what I've got. Yeah. And um, I did have a... I was just going to ask you, yeah. do you actually, like, how, you know, do you know what you've got yeah, in terms I, of... It's but, all, but it's all in your head right and on your hard no, drive. No, it's on my hard drive, yeah. yeah okay. I've noted what everything okay. is, so it's yeah, all written yeah. up. Okay. Um, and all I have to do is, you know, command C, mm. files, and then get a spreadsheet and paste it. I just never get around to it. This, like, doing this tour, mm. man, what a four or five months of work. For four just, shows. For four shows, and just, I understand why New Zealand music is struggling in New Zealand. Venues run by... Yeah psychotic people <laughs> don't let this go out until after I leave the country but I've just had the most horrendous time um, really? just to something that was so easy even in um, with my Eskimo and chemo stuff and uh, throw mm. hey Fraser at Bodega can we come up on this weekend sure Rob come on up you can stay upstairs you know um, thanks mate what do we do with the posters send them up I'll get them put up mm. it was that easy mm. um, now uh, well, you have to pay us 500 to play at this venue. Uh, you'll have to sort your own posters. What, what do you do with that? Uh, well, just try, you know, mm. this, you have to figure it out. You have to, you have to learn, you have to do everything yourself. You have to be responsible for bringing the audience there. No one will take on anything. In 1980s, uh, 82, we had the Gladstone, which was run by a number of um, different people. Jim Wilson was one of them. Mm. There were quite a few. And they uh, ran a venue that had an audience and they supplied music to that audience and they promoted to that audience mm. so that when you're a band coming in out of town, you didn't have to drag people along. Um, they, they, did, they did filter. They go, okay, I but think you would fit here and you will play to our audience and we'll get you, the crowd will come and we will promote to that crowd because it's our town and we know who to talk to. But if we've already established that there's more options for what to do without leaving the home and and more things pulling at your entertainment dollar yeah. and the game's changed, don't you just sound like a bit of an old grizzle guts having, <laughs> having that whinge then? I resent that. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm not whinging. I'm identifying why it's failing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I understand yeah. that, but but you also know what I mean. Like it's you know to compare. Well, it's you're going to lose live music because sure, but you're also comparing 1982 prices oh. with 2019. Um, they're not even yeah. 2019 prices are terrible. Mm. It's not enough to sustain it. In Tokyo, here's me, mm. you know, bragging about where I live, but um. A, th a three band don't really know who the other two bands are lineup is mm. forty dollars mm -hmm. that's what people are used to paying because they get the PA and they get the production and that and that's what it is it's still difficult to get an audience along and how many people live in Tokyo yeah 38 million yeah, yeah so that's a, a little bit different it's too. a little bit different but the the, the, the expectation of what it costs to see sure. a band is up but also they have the income although it's yeah. not massively different from here but we're like oh you know gold coin entry five dollar we still allow that to happen and we should stop that but it's we're not going to and that's part of the problem and i think that people there there is no um you know live gig uh well, yeah. like, you know, there's no um, no government corporation no. set up to address it, and it's never going to be. No, no. So it's just going to be left to do what it what it does. And it's probably a problem in America as well. You've got bands slogging it out. Mm. Although it's a, you can tour, and it's subsistence. So we we probably will lose what you and I have a passion mm. for. But that's mm. 
only a problem to us. It's not a problem to youth, you know, and, and, and we go, I wish they could experience what we experience and we love it. We It gives us so much joy. Mm. But they'll get joy from something else. Um, and Well, you know, look, fuck, I don't think the youth is, uh, 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 are uh, not turning up. I mean... 660 yeah. just sold out Western Springs. I heard that. And, somebody wrote about that, didn't they? And, um, and, um, and, uh, and they just did Dunedin last Yeah, they did Dunedin last before. weekend. And, yeah. and Homegrown every year in Wellington sells out. And I just went to Laneway for the first time yeah, since the first true. one. And I don't know if it sells out, but it sells well. And it's a total CNB scene thing. People actually yeah. don't give a fuck really about the music, but they know that it's a ceremony. It's a place to be for the day. So that's and something a little different than what we do. Though. Sure, yeah. but it's still arguably, you know, you need some tyre kickers and stuff for anything to work, don't yeah, you? You yeah. need people turning. You just need numbers. You just need people turning up. And That's right. And then what I'm one saying of those is, people will be one of the people that... Get, what I'm saying is they're all yeah. arguably youth events, like yeah. rather than our demographic. And they are well attended. Yeah. But then, you know, I go and see a band who I think is... I mean, this is a few years ago now, maybe five years ago. I went to see the Drones from Australia play at Bodega. And, I, and it was 25 bucks, yeah. which I think is a pretty good price. Yeah. And they have half a dozen albums out. Oh, really? And they had been here earlier in the year as the support act for Neil Young mm-hmm. uh, a few months earlier. And oh, yeah. I, I reckon they played to about 50 people. Oh, wow. And that was tragic. And they were fucking amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But, you know, are they obscure in the scheme of things? Fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, you know. Yeah. And, and so I enjoyed it. I felt, but it was it's that awkward thing where I felt really uncomfortable for the band. Yeah. Uh, as, a, as, as an old person who's been to heaps of gigs and a bit jaded I'm like this is wonderful I can yeah. see wherever thank I stand you for coming. And, and thank I, I you for coming but exactly yeah, yeah yeah but yeah. Um, and that's it like we have these people who don't want to go to gigs anymore because they don't want it to be packed but it needs to be packed for it to work yeah so I, I was talking to the guys who run the dark room um, yeah because we were talking about going down playing there and they said their expected audience is about 70 people and it's the same 70 people over and over yep. again. Yeah. So they're running, so their business... They're running a clubhouse. They're running a, cl- running a clubhouse for 70 people and they haven't expanded it. Yeah. And for it to, to succeed, they... you. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm being generous with their time. They need to get a, a list, you know, email list yeah. of everyone who's there and they need to expand that and if they yeah. see someone who's different who's enjoying get their name promote them it, and it's a it's a lot of work and you know that they probably go oh, i don't want to do that this is this is okay so it's not being well they don't scrolling. need to do that because they can sell um well, 70 people is not really helping them no it's not yeah. but they can you know that for, for the extra energy that's involved in doing what you're suggesting they yeah. can just try and sell one or two more 13 dollar beers a night and that's going to bring yeah. in yeah more of a return than so it's it, your idealism is actually alive and well yeah. um, I know, I and know I un- it's idealistic <laughs> I'm aware of that actually but, yeah and I understand it and I support yeah. it and I think and I think largely the same thing in a lot of ways yeah. but I uh, you know yeah like it's it's I think it's a weird hobby horse to be on in, in the sense that oh. it it is just changing and dwindling and that is incredibly yeah. sad it's yeah it's, uh, well, I think the point is it's complex. It's very it complex. Is, yeah. And it's not something that we can 
I can. I don't know how to solve it. I, no. just, I just point this, this, and this, um, and mm. these are the reasons, and this is my experience. Does anyone want to listen? No. Okay, fine. You know, and move so, on. I feel incredibly lucky to have got as far as I have, doing exactly what I wanted to do. You mm. know, and I know many people who don't get that, and mm. I want that for everyone. Mm. You know, but I'll get it for me first. <laughs> Well, you've got. Yeah. To, I mean, you've got. You've got um, the recordings that you've made, the albums that you've put out into the world. You've got stories of meeting, you know, people like Robert Smith and yeah. Pete Thomas, and I mean, there must be several more. And obviously, the New Zealand um, yeah. music luminaries. You know, I mean, it's, oh yeah, it's yeah, all of that. Pretty. That's pretty rewarding, right? Like that's And I still, I if I think of what would you like to do. I'd still like to do that, you know. I still want to keep doing what I what I do, but um, it, it will fade away. And I understand we're getting older, and like a yeah. lot of the people, a lot of my music peers have dropped off. Like yeah. all the androids almost yeah. have gone. Um, a lot of people are dying from the lifestyle I live. Mm. So I know we're uh, my my peer group, my generation. Jesus, I'm so old. <laughs> not that old. Do I look that old too? I'm not that bad. But yeah, I, I understand that we. Yeah. We're moving in a direction, yeah. So yeah. that's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. Do something what, else. What was the um, gig or record? You know, con- what sh- concert did you not grab that you wished you had, or or the mm. recording was not what you wanted it to be? Is there oh. a standout miss in your? I missed that's the, not in well, your collection. I just mentioned the androids; they were mm. legendary. Uh, and also the Gordon's Mark One. Mm. I did see the Gordon's Mark One. I was it was right at the beginning of my uh, going to gigs, uh, mm. so I have seen them play, and I saw Mark Two quite a bit. Mm. And uh, I didn't record any of them because I didn't know the sound guy and uh, sound person. And the Androids I missed. Uh, that would be nice. Toy Love would have been good too, but they 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 were recorded. They're mm. well captured. I I don't go. I wish it was me who did that. Mm-hmm. I go. That I I'm, wish gl- it existed. I, I'm glad that that exists, yeah. and I did. Yeah. You know, I, the the altruistic uh, young me th- thought that I had to save the you know the mm, music mm, or whatever. Mm. But I, I I'm quite happy for someone else to do it. That's great, you know. But, mm. but I'm now faded off that a bit. I don't I don't record concerts anymore unless I'm playing at it, um, and uh, I just let that be someone else's. You know, and you've re- you resurrected the career briefly of Children's Hour and gave yourself um, a job as the bass player, and now you've done that with um, Beat Rhythm Fashion. So yeah. who's the next band that I'm you're going to? Simon Gallup can piss off and let me play bass for the Cure. That'd be nice. <laughs> I could do those. Lines. You know, there's a spot in Van Halen going. <laughs> They're. Uh... <laughs> Oh, is he? I, I believe. Um, yeah. I believe uh, Wolfie Eddie's son is off to make his solo album oh wow and um they're just there's there's rumours that an original lineup is going to reform I'd only play Jump it's the only yeah. song I like <laughs> that is a classic song I'm not yeah I am I'm not as snobby as I'm, I'm as you like, present yourself as today. I present myself <laughs> yeah I, I, I like the cars I like yeah. you know, we've talked about this you yeah, know, yeah, you know yeah. we yeah I like pa- Power Pop is my I love yeah. Power Pop you know and the cars are a Power Pop band yeah. You know, as much as the and way. jump and jump is almost a power pop song. You know, it's yeah. it's it's basically um, a giant big 
sort of hard rock pop song. It's, it's fantastic. It is great. Yeah. yeah, but it's almost a power pop song. You know, another treatment of that, it could yeah. have been like a really cool power yeah. pop song. Yeah. Um, Nino and myself are both um, melodic pop. Mm. Fans, he he was Beatles, not not so much the Rolling Stones, mm. and I think I would have, you know, I was around it. Well, mm. I was I was young, but I was born in the Beatles era, mm. and I, I I'm Beatles as well, mm. but, you know, and they they're kind of a power pop band as well. So, yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just like that that emotive zing up the back of the spine you get. From well, they are they're certainly a um, a antecedent, you know, for for power pop bands. You look at those great power pop bands like. Mm. Jellyfish and the Raspberries yeah. and and uh, those sorts of bands and yeah. and they are kind of doing a version of the Beatles mm. filtered through you know the fact that punks happened mm-hmm. you know I um even Badfinger you know as the as one of the you know yeah. as as Beatles copyists arguably they are like a really important start of power pop mm, yeah yeah they're uh, a power pop and I do like my post punk so yeah Comset Angels Echo and the Bunnymen, and then Modern Neon was a really important band as well. It's quite interesting with Facebook. I I I, uh, I hate the I hate the platform, but mm. it, it has some good things. There's a Modern Neon. I don't know if you've heard them, but you should, you know you have to check mm, them out, mm. won't you? They did one album and some singles, and there's a Modern Neon group, and the members of Modern Neon are, are, are on there. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and you can talk to them. You know? Yeah. And that that's 1981. Yeah. It went on to um, who's that Pete? Um, the semi-transgender guy, uh, you spin me right round, baby right round. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Pete yeah. Burns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one member went on to there and to be a producer. So yeah. he, he's reasonably famous, but he's just sitting on this group and you can talk to him. And I kind of quite like that. And mm. So the album never got remastered or anything. And it's still a very important album to me. I, I talked to... Um, 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 Stephen Fellows from Comset Angels, you know who they yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sleep No More was a really, really important album. It's like, it is a perfect, you know, we're talking about mm. albums, it's a perfect collection of songs that does not work mm. individually. It had, mm. you, you have to play that album from the beginning to the end, and I mm. often do. And uh, I saw him pop up on MySpace, and mm. I messaged him, it was a song that was not very tidy, and I said, oh, flick me the stems of that and I'll, mm. I'll have a little play I actually so I actually got to work with him um, mm. and do a little bit of work on one of his songs it was quite nice mm. um, don't think he put it out I don't even know if he liked it but I still got his master tape <laughs> yeah so Beat Rhythm Fashion a mm. couple more shows in New Zealand that'll be it um, or well what you were talking about the festival thing yeah uh, we we definitely are not young enough to do the, the tour slog thing and sleep in a van mm. and we're not up for that. Carolyn's oh, so you Carolyn's might be at Laneway next year as the... Well, they just had the Dead Sea. Did they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, and you, you would have played... Did you play Laneway with the... Uh, Children's, Children's Hour played, played yeah. yeah, 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 I thought so. See, that's viable because yeah. it's um, an, enough money to pay to put the show on. Yes. So they could do the airfares. So I yeah. didn't lose money playing Laneway. I didn't yeah. make any either, but... Yeah. Um, and, and it, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. They did the legacy thing. I don't, but I don't think Nino wants to be seen as legacy. He yeah. and no, and people have commented that um, it's the. Uh, I think it was Simon Greg said it was the right album for 2019. Yeah. It's a very nice comment to say, um, and so that's good. So it takes from the uh, respects the past and yeah, yeah, moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it took a lot of energy to do that. Yeah. It was three years to make the album. Yeah. And so the album's hopefully got a lot of life left in it. It's really yeah. just people are just discovering it. Obviously, the shows are a way of selling it, and yeah. it's, it's just out and about. You'll get some reviews, hopefully, and um, and as much as the music press exists. Yeah. But you do know the extent of something <laughs> that is as big as this. I mean, it's got good press, but yeah. um, these are they take 10 years to sell 500 copies. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Mm. Um, so uh, 500 copies times 20 bucks is yeah. not that much money. Yeah. So um, it yeah, all, it, divided it, it, by three people. And four, take out the pressing. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't, there, there isn't anything in it. So we still expect artists to present their stuff yes. for free. That's, that's going to happen. Yeah. But um, Nino, it, it is giving him something as well, you yeah. know. He, he likes the focus that it's brought back to his life, he, uh, life and he likes yeah. that he's rediscovered who he was and, and that's helped him as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we, we all drift, so yeah, music's good, man. We, we know this, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. Um, good for us. It's what, what else is in the pipeline then? If any, that's what I'm sort of leading to. Oh, okay. obviously you've got your. Uh, you've got fashion. more than enough things that you could got delve much. into. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I bite off more than I can yeah, chew. Yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. I was like, but oh, do let's have, do some merch. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything Stupid, a little bit more focused? Yeah, to, so I've got to a plan. I've got a, yeah. I've got a game plan for Failsafe, which is to complete my um, presentation of what I archive. So it is mm. a limited pool. Um, I have a limited story to tell. I'm not going to tell. Uh, a 2019 story that's someone else's job mm. but I will try and tell my story uh, or my experience of our story because it's our community mm. um, and I'll place that there that was supposed to be last year but Be and Fashion sort of got mm. uh, took a, a lot of time uh, so I'll finish that on the 18th and I'll go back um, so I have um, uh, some major compilations where, which were um, defined uh, well captured or tried to present the scenes that were happening. So there's um, Accident Compilation, which was 1981 to 1984, how I started my involvement in music. Um, I'm going to uh, re-present that with the liner notes and story, and, and that's already up on uh, Bandcamp. You can get the first mm. version of that. I'm going to do an extended version of that, which is uh, all the bands that didn't fit on a C90, because that was the limit. That's why it's mm. as long as it is. Mm. 27 bands only because I couldn't fit t band 28 I actually sped up the tape slightly so I could squeeze on a bit more so mm. that's the original cassette is played too fast because I want to put one more song in the CD isn't it's at the right speed uh, so there will be the expanded one of that so there were really important bands that I missed like um, mainly Spaniards not on it why not I don't know it didn't just yeah, but but I've got the I've mm. got an album of their material and then there's um so they will be on the expanded edition, and then there's the deluxe edition, which is um, there were full concerts of material that never came out. Uh, here is thirty albums. Can you handle that? It's <laughs> it's not expensive. Mm. Download it and wade through it yourself. This is you know, and it'll probably be for people who were there. This is where you were, and and I do get people writing to me. So I've got a web page, and it's got. Uh, in, in 1995 I decided to my memory wasn't going to stay fresh and I wrote down everything I could remember names of everyone every band and it's it's not a full story but I get people who have googled I don't know some obscure Christchurch band and it's, mm. it's come up as a hit and mm. they go thank you for writing this is memory lane this is reminding me of so much of my youth that and just invigorated me and I, I love that you did it and mm. that's the payoff no, yeah. no one paid me but yeah, yeah. Um, 
so that and then I'm going to do that for biting our time which was the next that was 84 to 86 so I've got um, seven unreleased bird nest Roy's original tracks that are not on anything that are fantastic you know I love them um, and uh, I'm friends with um, those guys um, uh, little Ross yeah. Holland yeah. he said yeah put them out fine go for it um, they've heard him um, uh, things like the dance exponents demos you know as alternative as I am I still grew up with those guys and mm. we all went to their gigs there's nightshift demos of unreleased material um, Brian said I'm friends with Brian because him and him and Ross uh, have a band called the Diamond Rings did you discover them? No. Power Pop you love it it's really good I'll, mm. I'll send you a video link mm. Mm. Diamond Rings There's a, I made a video for one of their songs they're doing more recordings anyway so Brian Jones uh, from um, Dance Exponents and and uh, Ross Rollins are doing a band and they said yeah you put it out go do it and that's kind of <laughs> it's not a contract there's mm, an mm, mm. agreement of trust it's a handshake agreement yeah, of trust they, yeah. they know what it is they, those guys are well aware of how much money yeah. how much time is involved in yeah. that. and this is coming back and please well, I really appreciate what you've done mm. you know writing the history and there are people who don't want their history written and it's like okay I agree I'll leave it, leave it alone you, you can be unwritten mm, um, mm. um this band, oh, there's a band I really love called 147 Swordfish. Did you know them? No. They were on Avalanche compilation oh, yeah, yep. and Good Things. And um, Dave Wernham is the singer and he just, he's negative on all his music. He doesn't think he's any good. And he, he's the sound engineer for She Had. And mm. he is really good. He's a grumpy bastard, you know. Um, but I love his music and, you know, maybe we don't like each other, I don't know. But I've got a, a full 17 songs of theirs. Only only five are in an exit. Uh, no, there's only four available, four or five. Mm. But I, I recorded more than that. And it's really, really good. I'm, unfortunately, I'm having a battle getting them to agree to it. But if they say no, it's no. It'll just be me who has mm. it. But mm. I'd love it to happen. So you get that in New Zealand music as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Well, aren't there like a hundred odd swingers songs floating around? Well... Yeah. Some of them probably not even recorded, but there's yeah. there's loads of swingers songs. That first album that never yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know for for people who don't know, that not from that time period, the swingers toured a set of songs with singles plus a bunch of should have been singles um, that never came out because they scrapped it all and did um, uh, practical jokers. Mm. And then when that came out, people went. Where's, where's Jinx? Where did mm. that, why is that not there? Was, was Shona, was that one of them? Mm. Yeah, there was a whole list of songs that people mm. talk about that never came out, and they never came out, ever. Um, and they may have been demoed. I've got a couple of them that um, Phil put on his site, but what I'm amazing, that that's kind of what I'm into, is yeah, like, yeah. shit, I'd love people to hear that, but I, I know it's only going to be 100 sales of but that's no. kind of that's kind of getting towards holy grail kind of stuff in a way kind of yeah for, certainly for some people because you know, they like, talk about it you know that's like, what I mean like, yeah. yeah 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 like it's, and it's stuck in their heads yeah. for 35 40 years and they go yeah. they still can hum those songs I've seen them talking about it on Facebook and it's fascinating because the swingers are still written up everywhere as a one hit wonder band yeah and obviously they had more than one single but you know, there is a case to be made that they are a one-hit wonder band in terms of it being a hit, but there is this sort of alternative 
version of the band. Yeah. That oh, the people, people who, can't access. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. because no one was, you know, uh, yeah. the limited pool of people were going to those gigs. But yeah. on an expanded scale, it's definitely not one hit. It's, uh, no, that's and right. To that end, I did it. I don't know if you know about the, the pop mechanics thing that I did. I knew that they had more than mm. jumping out a window because mm. I was friends with Paul Scott. And um, I, I thought, and I had some live tapes of theirs um, from their reform uh, 1985 to 87 yeah. and they were really good songs and I said can I do it and Paul goes yeah go ahead no one else is, no one else gives a shit so you know and so I got all those together and I got a hold of Mike Chan and he had a he had a reel to reel tape of them demoing their full set of songs two track so I had that yeah uh, the masters to their singles were gone so I had to go to the best copy of vinyl and then I had to with the technology that's available, the best way to take a scratch out is to zoom in on it and draw it out by hand. I had to do every single by hand. It takes about four hours to get through four minutes of... So I put in the hours on that mm. and then build up their archive from their vinyl, um, add my cassettes in, get um, Mike, Mike Chun's stuff. We ended up with five CDs. So my point with that was to prove that they weren't a one-hit wonder. There <laughs> yeah. was a massive amount of uh, yeah. material that they did and it was our loss. That mm. that stuff was gone, mm. um, and, and until I pulled it b back. And, yeah, um, they've sold, um, you know, three hundreds and stuff like that. But it's it's sold to people like you and me who go, mm. yeah, I saw them play. I was fantastic. I've been trying to find that stuff, mm. and I just was googling. I was at home at night in my pajamas, and my wife was asleep, and it was five a.m. And I went, pop mechanics. <laughs> There's mm. a bloody album of them. Yeah, mm. So I did five albums plus, um, it's supposed to be eight in the series, and um, uh, there's two. There's still one more to come. Uh, they, they went to Australia, and uh, Andrew Snoyd left, Andrew McClellan mm. left the band, joined the Swingers, mm. actually, as their singer. He regrets it. He's, you know, a lot of the people say, <laughs> you know, I, I, I broke up the band. What is, why, I don't know why I did it, you know. We don't know why we split. He didn't know why he left. He did come back. Um, and also Dick Driver, who was the first um, pop mechanic singer, he's, again, he's now a big TV producer. He's mm. like, I don't know why. My girlfriend was in Christchurch. Stupid. I don't know why I quit the band. And, it, you know, to this day they say that. But, uh, yeah, music, that, that thing, it was really important to them, you know, and it still is. It's mm. a keep up point in front of my life. I think I lost track of what I was saying there. No, no, no. Some no, of no. pop, pop mechanics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, when, when, he, when he left, uh, Paul Scott did the album and um, the Zoo album, which was their first album. Mm. And, um, but they did record it all with Andrew Snoyd and one, one cassette copy of it exists. Mm. Masters were lost and that came from... Uh, Eddie Rayner. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 He, he had a copy because he was producing it. Yeah, yeah. His cassette copy of yeah. that is the only copy wow. of, of Andrew singing those songs. And that's the one that I haven't finished yet. It, it is finished. I haven't put it out. Yeah. But um, it's just a, it's a, it's a novel. It's just interesting, you know. How would he have done those songs? Mm. Nothing against Paul. Paul Scott's a fantastic singer. He wrote a, a lot of the music mm. and lyrics and stuff. He's a fantastic. He, he's respected by... You know the Finn, all, all the Finn brothers and uh, Australians yeah. love him, and um, but he's just a little bit of an unknown artist. He's kind of, you know, I, I don't know what we would call him, mm. a Van Gogh for mm. the next century, maybe. Mm, mm. Yeah, we have a lot of them. I'm really proud of the people that I know in New Zealand. You know, Paul's got a really good um, perspective on 
his own career. He's not. He's not bitter. I'm not bitter. Mm. I don't know why people think I am. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not. I just. I'm a realist. I understand what it is. I'll. I'll say why the problems are, and then I'll go and enjoy time listening to my great music. Yes, but if you if you speak out in any way. Mm you get described as bitter yeah, yeah. Bitter. you're jealous that I, you're not a rock I get, star I, get I never that. wanted to be a rock star yeah but apparently I'm a failed musician yeah, you know yeah. and, uh, and and all of this sort I've of stuff I've seen your pots and pans video yeah, you're not yeah, failed yeah. at all mate. no exactly yeah, yeah no no I, it took me ages to tune those <laughs> yeah I, I know we do get this man yeah, yeah I, I get it all the time people we, they, they punch they're yeah. punching up aren't they yeah I don't know I don't know I where don't they're know. punching but they do like to someone to stick their head up and <laughs> And punch it so so we're used to it aren't we and yeah i don't i i it's a very ugly side of uh, our culture and i i don't well you're largely uh, removed from it now and in, in your I can you know it off. that's what i mean like Facebook you can block, you bye can bye. you yeah. can choose to come yeah. back in when it suits yeah. rather you know you it's don't hard live. work dealing with it I don't, how do you deal with it I'm, you know, I'm okay with it because I. You got thick skin, haven't you? Yeah, I have, and I guess, and um, I just, you know, I'm not really too too worried about it all. You're like, comfortable with who you are. I know that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. not trying to be anyone that I'm not, yeah. and I'm not. Um, I'm not trying to be an asshole. Yeah. You know, like if people think I am, I'm fine with that because because I, I think I know what my intentions are. Yeah. You know, and 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 it's similar to what you're similar to what you were saying about um, the, you know your archive being essentially for you, and the, you know my writing is for me. You know, like all of these requests from people to please review their single, and 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 why haven't you paid attention to this album and blah 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 it's like well if I'm interested in it I'll do it and and I'm really really grateful for any kind of audience I've had at any point don't get me wrong like I'm just a person who likes music and writes about it there's no reason to believe me or follow me or care or read or care and so I'm staggered that people do mm. but I've Always I know about, that about you. Yeah, I've always operated. Which is why as, I've never badgered you to write. I don't. Yeah. I do send you stuff, but I don't expect. Yeah. That. If you like it, I want. I'm glad that you like it. Yeah. If you well, I if just, you don't, I don't want you to touch it. Well, I've just always <laughs> operated as an independent. Yeah. You know, like I'm yeah. just, I'm just me working my way through things. Yeah. And and my writing is as much about me and as much for me as it is about or for any other people that I'm writing about. And I yeah. think, I think if writers are honest, that that. That's the case. Yeah. You know, that's the, all artistic people. You're doing the art or the creative work for yourself. Mm. You know, and then unless unless you're a blatant um, commercial artist, and that's fine. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not knocking that. But like whether you, if you paint landscapes or beach house art to sell, or if you write greeting cards or you know cherry pop jingles that's incredibly yeah, valid that's good you know that's good yeah. and, and, and and generally the people that are doing that are actually making some sort of money out of something that is creative so why knock it yeah but outside of that people who are practicing art and creativity are on their own terms they're doing it for themselves and if they have any kind of crossover or impact on other people they're probably very grateful for that, but that can't be the reason you do it. Because if you're doing it for that reason, it then becomes about something commercial. Yeah, so I think we both got that. Mm. We're not, 
we're not seeking the money. I think we like yeah. our, our quiet lifestyles, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, you know, what you were saying about people who write jingles, it's not an either or. We're not trying no. to knock them out. We understand, no, no. We understand that they do, that, you know, they're in and living. Good on them. Desiring 